welcome. <laughs> I invite you to turn in your pew Bibles to John chapter 1. We're going to begin reading with the first verse. Our main verse will be verse 14, so that we see it in context. John chapter 1, verse 1. That's on page 886 of your pew Bibles. And as you're turning there, I'll give a little commercial. Um, It's a great time of year to buy Bibles. Westminster Theological Seminary has a bookstore. Forget their website, WTS, but all of their Bibles are 50% off till the end of the year. I mean, even the the fancy Bibles. A great time of year uh, to buy Bibles. Um, So consider that. Um, But hear the word of God. Uh, John chapter 1. Beginning with verse 1, this is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light but came to bear witness about the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses' grace And truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Amen to this reading of God's holy and divinely inspired word. Uh, The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we, we thank you. For your written word that we can read with our eyes and meditate upon in our hearts and memorize it. But Lord, we thank you most of all for Jesus, the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. We thank you for his glory. We thank you for his grace to us. 
Lord, we thank you as well for your Holy Spirit that brings light and points to the light of Christ. And Lord, pray this morning that we would not only be hearers of the word, but we pray as well that the seed of your gospel would be falling upon the fertile soils of our hearts and we would be bearing your gospel fruit. All to your glory and praise, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in this season of the year, it seems that the world around us seeks to be entertained by fictional Christmas stories like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, or Elf. You know, while these fictional Christmas stories can bring smiles to family enjoyment, you know, it's vital for us as Christians to be grounded in the true scriptural accounts of Jesus' humble and holy birth in Bethlehem. You know, we should read aloud uh, the gospel accounts in Matthew chapter 1 and 2, and again in Luke 2, as I told the children. You know, we should also ponder the Old Testament prophecies that point us to Christ. They were there in uh, last week's worship bulletin, service of lessons and carols, those prophecies from Genesis and again from Isaiah and from Micah. You know, but in these days of of biblical ignorance, you know, and practical atheism, even among, even in the church, you know, there's a verse of scripture uh, that every Christian should ponder and prize at Christmas. You know, it's a verse that clearly proclaims the gospel truth of Jesus' glorious birth. His gracious incarnation gives us a, a, a great hope as those who are trusting in Christ. And the verse there is John chapter 1, verse 14. I invite you to keep your Bibles open. Let me read it for us again, John 1.14, our text for today. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, here we see that the truth of Jesus' incarnation gives Christians the glorious hope of salvation. Not just on one day of the year, not just on Sundays, but every day of our lives until Christ comes again. And what glorious truths about Jesus give us hope of salvation? You know, five truths here, a little bit different. Five truths about Jesus that give us the hope of salvation. Jesus is, first of all, truly God. Secondly, Jesus is truly man. Third, Jesus is truly glorious. Fourth, Jesus is truly the Son of God. And finally, Jesus is truly full of grace and truth. Begin with Jesus, who is truly God, and the Word. You know, in our Bibles, it's easy to see that... Word 
Hologos is, is capitalized. It's not just speaking of the written word. It, it's speaking of, of Christ. You know, we see that, that same word, word capitalized there. John chapter one, verse one, to hear it again. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You know, in the beginning, you know, here in John chapter 1, verse 1, you know, we started studying Mark in Sunday school. Mark chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You know, in the beginning was the word. You know, it, at the very Beginning, it's telling us that Jesus Christ is truly God. John 1, the eternity of the word in the beginning, even before creation, even before the beginning of time, Jesus was the word, Jesus always was the word, always was the Son of God. The personality of the word, the word was God there in John 1. One, and finally, the deity of the word. The word was God. And so we have this truth reinforced here in John chapter 1, verse 14. Jesus is truly God. It's a gracious revelation to us. You know, on Wednesday nights, we've been gathering for Bible study and prayer. We just finished working our way through a second John, you know, encourage you to invest the time, just five minutes, in reading through Second John uh, today, only 13 verses. Shouldn't take you but five minutes, but it's a beautiful and brief book of the Bible that, that clearly teaches the irrefutable fact that Jesus is truly God. It was under attack in the early church. It's still under attack uh, from within the church, outside the church. You know, Jesus is truly God. You know, there's a verse there, 2 John, verse 3. 2 John 3, grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and in love. You know, one commentator said this about Jesus being truly God. He was writing about 2 John 3, but he writes, The distinct personality of the Son is implied, and also his unity of essence with the Father. So our first gospel reason for hope rests on this true truth that Jesus is truly God. But secondly... Jesus is truly man. The word became flesh. He who was truly God became truly man without ceasing to be truly God. Became flesh, not in the sense of ceasing to be what he was before, but it said it's an action at a point of time. Another put it this way, the second person of the Trinity assumes the human nature without laying aside the divine. You know, Jesus was both truly God and truly man. 
conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. And Jesus possessed a true body and a reasonable soul. Jesus became flesh. He ate. He slept. He walked. He endured suffering for our sake. He wept, went to the cross to die for our sins, and yet Jesus was without sin. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. It's a rich word there, Jesus tabernacled among us. You know, when you you read through the Old Testament, especially Exodus, you know, you read about the building of the tabernacle, and as you follow the tabernacle through the Old Testament, you know, the, the tabernacle went with the people of God. The people of God camped around the, the tabernacle. It was in the center of their encampment. You know, it was a sign of God's holy presence in the midst of his chosen children. Reminded them of the glory of God, the holiness of God, the need for a sacrifice for sins so that we can humbly enter into God's presence. Zechariah chapter 2 verse 10 put it this, puts it this way, Zechariah 2.10. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold I come and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. You know, the tabernacle reminded God's people that that God was in their midst. How much more, you know, does this gospel truth that that Jesus became flesh and and dwelt among us? One person, it said, two natures. And you might be asking the question, others have asked this, why did Jesus, the true Son of God, you know, become truly man? Put it simply for the salvation of his chosen ones. In Calvin's Institutes, he he puts it this way. In short, the only reason given in Scripture that the Son of God willed to take our flesh and accepted this commandment from the Father is that he would be a sacrifice to appease the Father on our behalf. You know, Jesus truly became flesh, he truly dwelt among us in order that he would be our true Savior. You know, that, that's God's plan, God's gracious design for our salvation. You know, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 and 12 puts it this way. Uh, uh, Hebrews 9, verse 11, But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, Then through the greater and more perfect tent, or tabernacle, you know, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. You know, put it simply, you know, in again in Sunday school every Lord's Day, there's a, a shorter catechism question. I'm not sure when we'll get to it, but 
Question 21 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, who is the redeemer of God's elect? Again, a question and answer well worth memorizing, meditating upon. And the answer, short answer, is this. The only redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the eternal Son of God became man and so was and continueth to be God and man in two distinct natures and one purpose forever. So Jesus Christ, truly God, and as we see again in John 1.14, he is truly man. He became flesh. He dwelt among us, tempted, tried, tested in all ways as we are, yet triumphant over sin and death and the grave. So Jesus, truly God, truly man. Third, Jesus is truly glorious, and we have seen or we have beheld his glory. It speaks of a careful and a deliberate vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a midnight dream, you know, where you eat too much Mexican food and can't fall asleep and, you know, you have these crazy midnight visions here. It's a gospel reality. You know, Moses thinking of beholding the glory of God. You remember Moses asked to see the glory of God, and he beheld what could be said the backside of God after his humble request there, Exodus 33:10:18. The shepherds heard of the glory of God as the angels sang of Jesus' birth. But remember Peter, James, and John, the three apostles who, who were with Christ there on the Mount of Transfiguration. And strikingly, the, the account of the Transfiguration is not in John's Gospel. You know, the, the emphasis here is on the glory of Christ, the eternal glory of Christ. And we have beheld his glory. You know, Jesus is indeed truly glorious. Many things we can say about Christ, but let us always be remembering that Christ is truly glorious, a radiant glory, a resplendent righteousness. John chapter 12, verse 41 puts it this way. John chapter 12, verse 41 Building on Isaiah, Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Belief here is a greater glory that the Apostle John is communicating to us. We think of the glory of Christ, the pre-incarnate glory of Christ, the eternal glory of Christ, the present glory of Christ even as he became flesh. But the eternal glory of Christ, who is our Savior, the one who is truly God and truly man. You know, in his commentary on John, Ian Hamilton writes this, you know, thinking about our hope. He writes, there is glorified dust on the throne of heaven. There is glorified dust on the throne of heaven. 
Jesus, the one who is truly God, truly man, dust, is sitting upon the throne of heaven, even now, interceding for us. You know, even now, as we, we as Christians possess God's promised hope of glory in heaven with Christ. It's not only Christ's death for our sins, but his resurrection from the grave, his ascension into glory, his, his current session or reign over us. And we have beheld his glory, and I believe we behold Christ's glory now. Even as we read these gospel accounts, read through Revelation and see the glory of Christ, Christ is truly glorious. Fourth, Jesus is truly the Son of God. He's truly God, he's truly man, he's truly glorious. But he's truly the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. John 1.14, a glory as of the only Son from the Father. King James puts it this way, the glory as of the only begotten from the Father. Same language that we see in John chapter 3 verse 16. You know, here the Bible proclaims the utter uniqueness of Jesus' incarnation. The Lord Jesus is truly the eternal Son of the Father. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 puts it this way. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. You know, thinking of Jesus' glory, Jesus' glory was not a reflected glory. You know, you think of the the the. The brightness of the moon. We couldn't see it last night, but I read that last night it was the, the longest full moon, 15 hours that you could see it uh, if it wasn't raining. But, uh, you know, Jesus' glory is not a reflected glory. You know, he's not, not a mirror. He, it's not the moon. It's Jesus' own glory as the only Son of God our Savior, the second person of the Trinity. Jesus possesses and radiates glory. You know, Christians can know the glory of God in the face of Christ. Second Corinthians 3, verse 8, if you're looking for a, uh, a verse, you're witnessing to, to someone trying to explain the person and work of Christ along with John 1, 14. You know, Second Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 8. The second Corinthians four verse verse eight. You know, the glory of Christ our Savior calls us to praise our triune God. You know, we sang the hymn this morning of the Father's love begotten, ancient Christmas hymn. Plain song, different tune, 
you know, but, but here the third verse as we consider this fact that Jesus Christ is truly God. Christ to thee with God the Father and a Holy Ghost to thee, him and chant and high thanksgiving and unwearied praises be, honor, glory, and dominion, and eternal victory evermore and evermore. And the verse that lost there for a moment, Second Corinthians 4, verse 6. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. You know, we know the glory of God because of the glory of Christ. Jesus is truly the Son of God. Glorious of the only Son from the Father. Fifth and finally, Jesus is truly full of grace and truth. We've seen thus far here in John 1.14, he's truly God, he's truly man, truly glorious, truly the Son of God, and, and building to this a crescendo of praise here in this verse of Scripture. You know, Jesus is full of grace and truth. You know, Jesus does not possess or dispense, you know, just a taste of grace and truth, just a teaspoon. He is, he is full of grace and truth bottomless reserves of grace and truth. You know, think of it this way. You know, at the first miracle of Jesus there at the wedding of Cana and of Galilee, you can read about it in in John chapter 2. You remember Jesus told the servants there, they ran out of wine, Jesus told the servants uh, to fill up six stone water jars with water. Uh, before he turned the water into wine uh, for the wedding guests. You know, and uh, here's a little bit of speculation, maybe imagination. I'm guessing that those six stone water jars were dry before too long. If Jesus saved the best wine for last, I'm sure the, the wedding guests finished off those six stone jars as well. You know, in contrast to that, you know, here Jesus is full of grace and truth. You know, that well will never run dry. No matter what trial, tribulation, persecution, struggle we're going through, Jesus is full of grace and truth. Not only full, I believe it's overflowing onto us. Jesus doesn't hoard this grace and truth. He gladly, generously dispenses it to us. Grace. This is the first mention of grace in John's gospel. It's all there'll be four mentions and they're all in the in the prologue here. And so the first mention, again, is significant. Jesus is full of grace. You know, grace at the very beginning reminds us that we are sinners. We are rebels against God. We run away from a holy God. 
We deserve only his holy wrath. Grace reminds us that we need a savior. We can't save ourselves. By our own good works, by our own merits, grace. Our gracious and glorious God sent his one and only son Jesus to die for our sins. On the cross. Jesus, God our Father, pours out his gracious love to us in Jesus. You know, again from Calvin. Only he who was true God and true man could bridge the gulf between God and ourselves. You know, why did Jesus Christ, truly God, become truly man? You know, he came for that purpose of bridging the gulf that we could never bridge. You know, by his grace, we're sinners, saved by grace through faith in Christ. But I'm so grateful here, John 1, Jesus is full of grace and truth. Again, Jesus is truly God, truly man, truly glorious, truly the Son of God. Jesus is full of grace and truth. You know, this morning, you know, our first Advent hymn was, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Made a mistake in, in my haste to get the bulletin ready for the printer. I forgot that we sang this same Christmas hymn uh, just two weeks ago for our opening hymn. Uh, but I believe that was God's providence at work, even in my cluelessness. Um, you know, listen again to the third verse. Speaking of Christ, the glorious glory of Christ, our glorious hope in Christ. Come to earth to taste our sadness. He whose glories knew no end. By his life he brings us gladness. Our redeemer, shepherd, friend. Leaving riches without number, born within a cattle stall, this the everlasting wonder, Christ was born, the Lord of all. You know, on this Sunday, uh, before that day called Christmas Day, you know, as you labor to finish all of your loving preparations, last-minute preparations for Christmas week, you know, make time even before Christmas, even before Christmas Eve, to, to treasure this truth of Jesus' incarnation. You know, read Luke 2. Read John 1. Sing the joyful hymns that proclaim Christ. Rejoice even now in our glorious hope of salvation. You know, but finally, remember to share Uh, this glorious hope of salvation by grace through faith in Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we, we praise and thank you. Humble, heartfelt thanks for sending us your Son and our only Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, to give us that that gracious and glorious hope of salvation. And Lord, um, 
we pray uh, that as we are worshiping you even now, singing your praises, rejoicing in our redemption in Christ, Lord, pray that what our world needs most of all, what our world, sinful, struggling, hopeless, hurting world needs, our friends, family, co-workers, they need the gospel, Lord. They need to hear of the love of God in Christ and be pleased to use us, Lord, to, to be those gentle, gracious, courageous witnesses that gladly speak of the gracious love of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.